really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. I am Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording live in Spring Valley above the butcher shop with my man, uh, Derek Marceau, Valley Farm Market. What's going on, my man? Not much. Just uh, trying to stay cool from this fucking heat wave. Yeah, San Diego's definitely not supposed to Two be Two compressors went out yesterday. It was really fucking exciting. It is not cool. Joey was excited to come and... Um, Joey's my, business must be booming. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the AC business right now. It's yeah. It's good. HVAC is, uh, is going, going good right now. 103 degrees? It was 114 in Hamul for a little 114? That was two days ago. Um, but, yeah, no, we got the compressors fixed. He actually just... Uh, Worked his magic pretty quick, and they came back on. But I was happy, man. I didn't have to fucking pull the whole case, and you know that can be a fucking nightmare. Just uh, having to take everything out and put it back in. That's Fuck a yeah, four to five hour reset. So, but yeah, no, it's supposed to start cooling down again, just in time for our uh, event. Our event, that's right. It's coming up, uh, Spring Valley Tailgate and Barbecue Festival, it's Sunday, November fifth. We have a bunch of teams that have signed up that are fired up to uh, compete. It's going to be a great day of barbecue. Yeah, we got uh, good, some good sponsors, Next Gen. Yeah, they stepped um, up. Stepped up. Josh Kieber, he, uh, he's doing good. And then um, my my mom. Your mother. And stepdad. I like that. Uh, Crystal Family. Clean Car Wash, they uh, sponsored, and they're doing their thing. And they're in the middle of kind of a little renovation. They're going to get a new logo and really start doing new things with their car washes. So I'm excited for them. Uh, if you're in San Diego, go. Take a look at them, Crystal Clean Car Wash. I think they have five locations now, four or five awesome. locations. Um, so, yeah. But, we got um, Gary and uh, Kelly Bleakley dude, stepping up. Always. Northwestern Mutual. Yeah. They've, yeah. Uh, this is the second year they've been helping us out, put this event on. Killed it. And then Big Green Egg. Big Green Egg. And hot sauces up. and more. Solid. Yeah. Brian just actually called me right now. I couldn't take his call. but Sorry, Brian. I'll call you back right now. We're done with this podcast. <laughs> We're almost... Uh, well, we, uh, we we can't thank our listeners enough for tuning into the podcast. It's been a, quite a journey the last couple months, and we've been getting some awesome feedback on our social uh, pages, uh, Barbecue War Stories on our Instagram and on our Twitter. Uh, people have reached out on LinkedIn. A uh, couple of shout outs we want to give is uh, on Twitter, at Clint Nelson 1980 uh, this man is in Tucson. He wants to build his barbecue business. He reached out, sent us some photos of his ribs and uh, his tri-tip that he's cooking. And, you know, we just want to encourage his journey and keep sharing, man. Keep sharing. It's really, really cool for us to see, um, you know, other people that are excited to open up a business or doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, you know, we, we love to hear from you. Yeah, it's really exciting to, to see things like that. And what we always let everyone know, I mean, just keep going. Just keep figuring it out. And, and especially with barbecue, it's just such a feel. And, you know, you, you have to be able to just kind of figure that out. There's no sure. no certain recipe. You have to be able to just feel it out, know what you're doing. And now, I mean, for, you know. And ask for help. I mean, yeah. that, that's what we're here for. You know, it doesn't matter what your question is. There's no stupid questions. Um, we fucked up plenty of times. We just don't want you to Fuck. do the same thing. Uh, the, the other person was... Uh, on Instagram at 97 Spencer uh, Travis in Indiana 
he uh, he sent us a message. Said he loves the podcast. We appreciate you listening in Indiana. Shout gonna, out to Indiana, my. He's uh, gonna him and his coworkers are gonna get a smoker built this uh, this winter, and then they're gonna start uh, participating in some festivals. Start selling some Q out in Indiana. That's Badass. awesome. I mean, I'm a you know big. It's place humbling. in my heart for for Indiana. My wife's from Indiana, Fort Wayne. So shout out to the funky town. Um, <laughs> and then uh, my family, you know, my in laws and everyone are still out there. And I know Rodney England, my brother in law, he listens. So shout out to Rodney. Um, if you're in Fort Wayne, look him up because he'll uh, definitely drink a beer with you. Yeah, uh, there you go. The, the, a couple boilermakers, dude. Yeah, no, my wife's a boilermaker for sure. For there you sure. go. Yeah, I like so. that. Well, thank you guys for uh, reaching out. Don't be don't be shy. Um, hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn. We're uh, we're here to help. So thank you for sharing your journey. Um, the other things that we did want to say is there's two. So we don't have a sponsor for this podcast. Uh, Derek and I intentionally do that. We want to make sure that this is as authentic as possible. So there's no bullshit, no agenda. Uh, we do have sponsors for our barbecue charity events, which if we didn't have those sponsors, we couldn't put on those events. So we, we sincerely appreciate that. But um, there are two things that if you are opening up a business, uh, two sites that I've used, and I know Derek uh, is a fan of as well, and that's National Barbecue Association. Um, it's 50 bucks annually. Uh, they have incredible resources. They put out newsletters, a bunch of great information to help you uh, get your barbecue business off the ground. So check that out. And the other one's uh, restaurantowner.com. I've been using that since we opened uh, Cali Comfort. And Eric, uh, my GM and uh, partner over there, we use it for checklists. We use it for templates. We use it for training. Fuck, you name it, they have it. And, yeah, uh, and again, guys, this is not, uh, we have no sponsors. So yeah. us saying this is just straight transparency. Well, know. knowledge is power. Yeah. And the more that we continue to learn, the more that uh, we can prevent ourselves from wasting money, buying stupid equipment that we shouldn't be buying, or spending money on insurance that is not needed when you should be purchasing different kinds of insurance when somebody slips and falls in your restaurant. I just got down with Workman's Comp yeah. uh, two days ago. It's, it's fucking exciting. I'm actually, I, my net rate went down. Really? Um, like four bucks. My mod rate was so fucking high. I had so many claims. And, uh, like four years ago really and uh, they're just falling off now so my my uh, mod rate just started going down and it's exciting I mean, it's always exciting <laughs> to save about 20 to 30 grand a year you know on, yeah on, on your workman's comp so uh today's a special day for us it's beautiful man it's um you know out here in san diego we're very very fortunate to have i would imagine the best mexican food in uh, in the world yeah. um and you know, place that I've gone to forever is uh, Albert's Taco Shop, and uh, we would like to welcome Albert Garzon. Thanks for coming, well, bud. Thanks for having me, bud. What's yeah, happening? Appreciate it. Not much. Not Dude, much. Thanks again. It's fucking great to have another fellow restaurant owner out here. Um, you have three units, three stores, which is very, very three admirable. Three or four? Four. Five. We have three in East oh, County, and then uh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. one downtown. Another we, can't, we can't forget downtown. <laughs> another headache. There you go. Well, that's congratulations, man. That's, uh, I mean, that's the the thing on, on restaurant owner, uh, all those articles, it's always, you know, once you open up your first restaurant, all you think about is opening up your second restaurant. And for what we talk about on this podcast is it's got to be the right location. Of it's course. got to be at the right time, and you can't force it. Um, so we'd love to hear about how you got in the business, um, right. why fresh Mexican food. Um, just tell us a little bit about your your background. Yeah, we'll do. Well, I'm a, I've been a plastering contractor since uh, the late 80s. 
And then um, back in uh, 2002, I had a gentleman uh, basically tell me, hey, what are you going to do after construction? I said, damn, dude, I'm not that old. You know, I think so, but he goes, no, what I meant was, you know, we were in a construction boom at the time. And, you know, he was a good friend of mine, Joe Bartachi, real shout out to him out there in Coronado. And, and basically told me, what are you going to do when this whole thing, you know, takes a dive? <laughs> and I go, dude, Joe, you're, you're, you're busting my balls right now. I'm living the dream. So, you know, you know, I'm just uh, trying to take one day at a time with construction. He's like, well, let's just talk about it. You know, construction boom was going on back then. He goes, what are you going to do when it slows down? Let's think about it realistically. He goes, how much more years you got in the books? And I go, probably two. He was like, okay. Well, you know, and I know two years are going to go by like that. Right. So I said, you know, I got home and I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about Joe. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, it's I go, those you know, people with the, what I, they I, say in the middle yeah, of the night, they're in your head. Yeah, right? you know, and he's been around the book. He, he's probably, you know, 30 years older than me. Sorry, Joe, if you, <laughs> you look it. <laughs> So anyways, uh, I went home thinking, what would I do? You know, before, you know, during construction, when I first started off, you know, I was, didn't know too much about the business and a lot of loss of money. And, and uh, you know, I just didn't want to be in that predicament of having no money, sure. you know. So, you know, I figured it, get, it was a good time to try to start something different. I was making money in, in the construction. I figured find something that is not construction based that people need to do every day. Well, you know, between all the fellas, every night on Friday nights, what do we all do? We all buzzed up, go get Mexican food yeah, afterwards. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the conversations that were always brought up was, you know, I'd love to do, you know, is open up a Mexican restaurant. And then I would pick apart all these restaurants that we ate at. and I do the same shit. Same thing. Yeah. What if I was mine? I'd have better meat in my carne asada. Right. You know, every, when you're buzzed up, everything tastes good. <laughs> right. So you go back the next morning, you know, and you go back to try the same thing and it tastes like shit. Right. You're like, yeah. God damn, like, you know. So... I started just writing down things about things. If I were to ever have my own taco shop, you know, I would do this, this, and that. Well, the next day I got, I had this cleaning girl that would come clean my house. I was single back then and, and uh, she cleaned my house. And I just happened to mention it to her. Hey, you know, Maria, I want to open up a taco shop. She goes, you got to be kidding me. She goes, my, my husband is, is a manager at a taco shop in Alcohol. I said, why don't you guys come over for dinner one wow. night and I want to talk. I mean, literally, do everything opened Isn't up like crazy? it was meant to it's happen. It's fucking right? crazy. So it was like really no hiccups yeah. to even open the first one up. Like, is this meant to be? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, it was all happened like in a week. Yeah. So so it went, Jose came over, really nice kid. And I said, Jose, I want to open up a taco shop. Nothing big. just something super small. And um, just want to try it out. Worst case scenario, it doesn't do good. Best case scenario is that I at least tried it. Right. You know, the experience and, you know, trying something different. If it didn't work, I'd close out business and try some something else. So sure enough, you know, they came over, we went to dinner, and he was in that position where he really wanted to leave where he was at. And I was willing to try to open up a taco shop. So the next morning, yeah, it was it was uh, Saturday, I went to get my truck washed down to my buddy's shop, Romeo. Romeo's car wash down there in Castillo. Yep. Nice. And I said, Romeo, I go, I want to open up a taco shop. You know, and those guys have all these cousins that have shopping centers. (laughs) So he goes, funny you said this. I go, I was playing poker last night with my cousin, and they were telling me how they want to get rid of this guy that owns a taco shop because he's not paying his rent. Wow. I said, where is it at? He goes, it's right there on the corner of Washington and Magnolia. Really small shop. And I said, perfect. You know, I go, how big? He goes, I don't know. Just go by and take a look at it. So literally, I left and got my truck washed, drove straight there around lunchtime, and... uh, walked in and it was dead 
mean, I figured lunchtime, dead sure. taco shop. packed. Should be packed. At least yeah. have four or five people. It was small. It was only, literally, guys, it was 10 feet wide, 40 feet deep. And, I, and to me, I'm saying... Perfect size. And typical taco shops are quick service. So people come, they order up at the counter. It's not, you know, actually somebody coming to your table. Right. So, you know, I walked in, didn't see anybody in there. I had a carne asada burrito, ate about half of it. It it was pretty bad. Yeah. So I went next door to the smoke shop. I'm saying smoke shops got to know where the good taco shops are at. You know, what year is this? This is back in 2003. 2003. 2003. This is 2003 before marijuana is legalized. This is actually, it was actually late, late 2002. It was like an October. They were were ahead of the curve. Exactly. So I went over next door to talk to Steve, who owned the shop then, and I said, Hey, how's the food next door? He goes, Shitty, dude. You want to go to a taco shop? Go right down the street. And so then from then, I walked back to the taco shop and I said, Hey, are you guys interested in selling this place? He goes, it's funny that you're asking me this. <laughs> no way. I was going to go put it in the Latino, which is a, a Mexican ma- magazine, and he was going to put it up for sale. Wow. So literally, I, I, po- po- I mean, look, the guy had a little two-by-two two window. You poked your head in, <laughs> and we're having this conversation. He goes, I go, I'm, I'm thinking about buying it. How much do you want for it? He's like, well, I want fifteen grand for it. I'm like, really? I go, what if I gave you twelve, and I don't want any of the merchandise in it because I'm going to gut the place. Right. So before I got any further, I go, let me go talk to your landlord. So I call Romy up, and I'm like, dude, I'm thinking about a taco shop. <laughs> He's like, dude, all this was like, the fuck happened? Like, this all, just happened. All, all within six hours, and what's it going to do? I know nothing, really know nothing sure. about the taco shop. I just knew what the difference between a good taco shop was and a bad one. Sure. Right? Just in taste-wise. So sure enough, I went and talked to the landlord who owned the market next door. And he goes, take it over, dude. Take it over, and I'll start a whole new lease with you, and, uh, and we'll see where it goes. Rad. So I went back to the guy, and the guy goes, hey, let me call my wife, and I'll call you back here in a couple hours. Well, sure enough, he says- Which location is this? This is the first, the the first, first one no longer, no, okay. no longer exists. Okay, perfect. But, you know, it, he basically called back and said, hey, How wife, long was your lease? It was, dude, it was a horrible. It was a three-year lease. It was a three-year <laughs> lease. With no options. Okay. So, and that's a whole other story. But, uh, well, I mean, those are the important things they're, that they're, people they're, get they're, fucked they, over. They I mean, do. We, you know, we've had podcast guests on that- you know, they opened at the wrong location. And the wrong location. You know, and we all know they didn't work that those the, things out. Hundred percent. We all know that the the lease is the heart of the business. Fuck sure. Yeah. Without a lease, oh, you'll you, get eaten you're alive. You're eaten alive, and you're at the mercy of your landlord. Totally. So then, you know, um, <laughs> the, I, like I said, the wife calls him back and says, "Sell it. We're done. We're in debt. We owe the guys money. We owe our suppliers money. Let's just get out of this thing." Mm-hmm. So later the guy goes, okay, let's do it. I call my buddy Romeo. I go, Romeo, you're a business guy. I'm a contractor. What should I do? He goes, buy, open up an escrow. Don't just give the guy money because if he owes back taxes, yep. you're going to be stuck with it. Right. So Good sure advice. enough, I even paid for the, the escrow. It was like 800 bucks. Sure. And sure enough, you had a little bit of money and uh, it all it all. all the escrow well. process allowed you to vet all those liabilities they checked everything yeah. they checked everything make sure so that you didn't assume all assume that liability all something that correct, this fucking correct. guy did yep so and people try to think about opening their own business it isn't just go pay the lease and you know there's a lot of things you got to get ready for to even open the doors sure so you know we signed a simple lease you know i i, I did i wasn't the so smartest did, lease it did was, you have did you have a company yeah well i had i had a once again i had no attorney Mm-hmm. It was the owner and I a basic lease of three so years. Sole proprietor until correct you, three once years. Once you opened up the doors, yeah. right? Three years, no options behind it. So basically, after your name years, on the lease, my name on the lease. Yep. So then, um, taco shop was mine. 
So now I've got this, you know, I've got this empty talking <laughs> shop. I'm scratching my head going, dude. And there was a Were picture. you still working? Yeah, I'm still, I still, I still own my company. Yeah, fuck. So now I'm going, dude, now I've got this taco shot that I consumed, what I assumed, within like two weeks. And my, <laughs> my, my buddy Romeo thinks it's freaking nuts. So I call this kid. So now the only employee I got is this kid, Jose. Right. So I'm going, Jose, you won't believe it, but I got that taco shot. He goes, <laughs> what? I go, are you going to quit? And he's like, dude, you're mine. So yeah. sure enough, between him and I, you know, we went down there and we stripped it. And So then, you know, proceed forward. We, you know, we started getting employees right away. It was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty easy to get some good cooks. And then uh, my my only one employee other than that was my mom. So she came back and said, her and I, Family, we couldn't even figure to turn on this cash register on. Yeah, but, you know, but, it, but the great thing about opening the small taco shop, which I recommend to anybody, is if you don't know the business, don't overwhelm yourself by buying something too big. Yeah. Sure. Grow into the shoes. Yeah. Grow into the business. And that's a, that's a great piece of advice, too, because too many people get this POS system that's just so interesting. I mean, you have to know from the ground floor, every single little thing. And then right. to do it simplistically allows you to do that. It right. allows you to grow at the pace you want to grow. Right. At. And exactly. that's the great thing about like events where, you know, there's an amateur barbecue contest. That's why we encourage people to get involved and go out and go to a farmer's market, you know, right. go and try to sell something, something. Get but don't something. fucking get all crazy. No, about you get all it. crazy because yeah. it can small. really break you. Yeah. You know, and luckily I started off with a 400 square foot taco shop. So I might've invested another 12, 15, thousand dollars to get it the way i want it sure. okay so let's say at the end of the day i've got 30 grand into this thing mm-hmm. okay now i figured now this let's do it for the fun let's you know hire some th- now i had all these ideas let's implicate them into the restaurant let's change the name of all these burritos and use our local towns like we have burritos called the cajon burrito for El cajon yeah the valley for spring valley right. the la mesa burrito well, that's the part Santee of the burrito. neighborhood branding that exactly you've done. and then at all of our our current locations like we have a burrito that's all the same one but at like at the uh, Rancho San Diego is called the Norseman. Norseman, yeah, absolutely. The, that same burrito at Lakeside is called the El Cap. Gotcha. That same burrito at La Mesa is called the Highlander. And then downtown, we named it the Padres. Cool. So you know, because we're so close to the sure. ballpark, yeah. so we try to use all these you know different burritos to kind of make sense with no, the town. No, it's cool. Well, it's you want people to be invested, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then recently, we came up with a new granite taters because granite got little upset with me because they were on, on me. So now Christian's giving me shit. Now I got. So I got. I got. Sorry, that's a good I, problem. I'm not Those sure if I should use that have. word with Christian. But I, no, no. <laughs> but I did. But it's anyway, Christian's local high school. It is. They're yeah. a great high. They're, and like I said, I got to thank all to all the local communities that helped me out so much in so many different ways. And and then and everyone's been awesome. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You know, Derek and I we talk about all the time. I mean, we I wouldn't. We're going to be on 10 years in April. And if wow. it wasn't for the neighborhood, if it wasn't for, you know, all the schools, the local high schools, the local uh, elementary schools, I mean, the, the community, if they don't support, if you don't embrace your community, if you don't dig in and put your roots down right. and start caring about the actual, the street outside of your restaurant right. and the everything that's going on, this community's not going to give a shit about you. Exactly. And that's what we do. We give back so much with our sponsorships and, and teams have and, to. and gift we cards. We saw that right when we walked in. And, I, and knew, I knew how you were. And those are just half the plaques. Yeah, exactly. You know, we can only put so many before it gets too much. But, right. you know, we want, and plus when we hang a plaque, we have a lot of teams that come in and go, oh, we're on the board at Albert's. You know, yeah. It's kind of cool. And, no, it's cool. Yeah, for it's sure. Cool and, it's kinda, and it does make us feel good. You remember, whatever you're helping out the team, that's helping the parents, helps out the team by uniforms or help by uniforms and and whatever expenses they do, I, sure. I, I love to do it. And you, and you got to do it. Right. So, um, yeah, after that three years of owning the Alberts on Magnolia in Washington, 
the lease expired. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I was comfortable with the one, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's when my landlord came up to me and basically said, hey, we want to open up our own taco shop now. And I'm just like, what? I go, dude, I go, we're buddies. Yeah. Right. What are you talking about? Now you want to basically take my business from me? That was because you didn't have an option. I didn't have an option. Yeah. So, and they did. They saw how well I was doing in three years where the guy that was selling nothing. Yep. Now he sees the line out the door and these guys are, you know, peeking their head out going, dude, what's this, what's this kid doing? Right. You know, and they said, we can do the same thing. Yeah. Well, they tried it and it didn't do very well. Right. But needless to say, it was a learning experience. And thank gosh, it was a small location. Thank God it wasn't one of my bigger ones that we have now. That you put in a lot of money into or, you know. And so time which was and the second location? So then the second one we opened in 2007, which was our lakeside location. And that was how, how much time after the first one closed? Well, do literally, so that so the, my landlord from the first store gave me for about six months to move out. Mm-hmm. Well, in that six months, I found the lakeside location. A buddy, My buddy Wes mm-hmm. actually found it on Craigslist. And it, once again, it was this easy. I mean, every, like I said, all these doors just kept flapping open. He goes, hey, dude, I found you a taco shop in, in Lakeside. So, you know, I go down like a little kid, peek my head through the window, and my <laughs> wife and I are, you know, fogging up the window. Mm-hmm. We're like going, dude, this is perfect. You know, it's bigger, three times bigger. Right. I go, let's do it. You know, and sure, if I didn't want to lose my employees, I already had sure. traded so much time. Well, you become vested in them, man. It's hard. It's hard. And you, you know, you know them, and you know what they do, and they, right. they count on you. They count of on course. you. That's, that's actually what makes me work even harder it's like i have to make sure that they're taken care of of course and i don't know if it's just course. the fucking papa bear mentality but it's like no it's I, their family yeah you know their family and i say i always say that if once you come into my house which is my restaurant i take care of you like family right. whatever you need your problems become my problems let's do this together you that's know, what hospitality and we, is and we I create mean, a business together the, not just for me it's for all of us the restaurants know? that get it you know right when you walk in how that ownership structure works Space because run. people have to care and once right. they don't care when they walk into a place you're not gonna have it doesn't matter how fucking good the food is exactly you're like fuck that yeah i'm going somewhere you know, else. like you're treating my wife <laughs> like shit you can't even say hello like you don't care that my kid's in a stroller like right you know, you help me out help start to care yeah, start you know, to care, exactly. care care about you the know i would say three things make a restaurant one great customer service two have the place clean yeah. And the last thing, which is very important to you, and these are all three very important things, good food. Yeah. If you got these three things, and now with Yelp and finding locations, it, it, it part of it is location, location. But some of it is, is just where if you're that good and you're that clean and you got that kind of a customer service, it's usually going to work out pretty I mean, we talk, we talk about it. You know, A lot of this podcast is dedicated to marketing and digital marketing specifically. And right. if it wasn't for Facebook and if it wasn't for Instagram and Twitter and all these Yelp and all these platforms, platforms right. people wouldn't be able to find Mind cali comfort i mean right. yeah, people well, since 2003 how much it's grown oh it's insane you can it's reach insane. people so much before further. it was you, Just had, by your phone. you had to be yeah. in the fucking yellow pages right you know, like like <laughs> right. putting an ad in a fucking like <laughs> a yellow what? taco shop a what what the fuck is that yeah you're half right, the people right. don't have a clue <laughs> and then you're still guessing what kind of food you're gonna get it didn't tell you how good they were yeah. how bad they were so yeah you know there's the pros and cons of yelp Right. You know, there's customers that have been coming to my restaurant for years and all of a sudden they have one bad experience and they have a you know a keyboard in front of them and they go they go sometime go nuts. But yeah, but, but if you embrace Yelp as a business owner, like all you can do is do your best. Of you're course. gonna put your best foot forward, you're gonna put your best photos, you know, as featured photos. Right. You're gonna respond to the one star review and say, Hey, you know, we fucked up. Right. You know, we're gonna take accountability and right. we're you know, we're not perfect. Right. You know, let me leave you a gift card at the yeah, shop. Let me give, give us another, give shot. Us another right. chance. And, and me, if you don't and, give and, us another and, chance, and give me your feedback. Sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's important. We uh, we had the same thing happen last week. It was, you know, persons like, 
I've never been disappointed until this one time, and I didn't get barbecue sauce in my to-go thing, and the tri-tip was lukewarm, um, almost cold, one star. Right. I'm like, you just said you haven't had a bad experience here yet. Right. We had one bad experience because we didn't give you fucking barbecue sauce. Right. And the tri-tip was a little cold. I get it. That's wrong. Right. I, we fucked up totally. Right. But one star. Right. But why didn't you give me a five star with all the other green right. times? Yeah. But you took the time when you had one bad experience. So that's the, my love hate. Yeah. I, I say, it's I, always going to be I a love, love hate. y'all. Yeah. Right. But there's days where I hate them where they go. Well, yeah. You, it's, you know, so it's, it's kind so of. So when you got the lakeside, did you start to like, okay, now I want to do it a little bit different. I want to do. How big I was mean, Lakeside? It was uh, fourteen hundred and fifty, almost Shit. like four times bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where, you know, you got to have your big boy pants on. Right. <laughs> even though it's not a big restaurant, I'm just telling you guys. I mean, people like I said, I'm gonna open up a four thousand square foot restaurant. I just go for your first restaurant. Dude. I go, dude, you're gonna, you know, and I freaked out. I mean, literally, it was. So now I know nothing about owning a fourteen hundred fifty square foot restaurant. And I remember the, the day we opened the doors, it was funnier and shit. I got I got my wife on the register. My wife don't know shit about the register, <laughs> and me barely know how to use a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, and then we we got you know we were we had a line out the door which we had never seen. You know the sales. How did people be, find out it was going to be? We had a lot lot of local friends that so lived they, in the area, and it's for me being East County. What year know, was this? This was back in two thousand seven. Pre pre Facebook craze. Pre Facebook yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. So. You know, so a, I, just a, iPhone came out. A lot, of, a lot of you know, a lot of penny saver. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, whatever, call them. Yeah, Get them fucking you know, down a, here. A, a lot of banners. You know, Albert's Mexican yeah. food, home of the Big Roll Tacos, coming soon. Right. You know, and so I think, you had that before you the Big Roll Tacos. Yeah, Big Roll Tacos were actually started at the first taco shop. And how'd that come about? Well, it's funny. Is you know, we were in the kitchen and I had my cook making the typical roll tacos. Right. And I always said one of my things was I wanted to make a roll taco with more meat in it. Right. Right. I think we've all bit into a roll sure. taco and you pull like, out that string <laughs> and then you always look down that, yeah. that <laughs> flute and you're trying to take some of the meat out of your bag. You try to shove it back in there. And that, you know, that would happen sure. at every, you know, every place I went. Right. So I'm thinking, why not put more beef in a, in a corn tortilla? And put the same topping and just charge more. Yeah. If people want it, they want it. They don't skip and get the sure. small ones. Right. So I said, so Norma was making my first roll taco, who still works for me to this day. Brad. And she made it. She says, Mr. Albert, you're not going to make any money at this. I go, Norma, this is just for you and I to try right now. Right. I, I've always wanted to do this. So <laughs> I wanted to say my little bucket list to just get a bigger right. roll taco. <laughs> so, you know, she makes it for me. And, uh, and we both look at each other. We went, oh, my God, we got something here. Yeah. And then that day I said, you know something, Norma? Weigh that, weigh that roll taco. We weighed it, and I go, that is going to be the mold to these real tacos, and we're going to change our name to Albert's. It was Albert's Taco Shop, mm -hmm. and we changed it to Albert's Mexican Food, home of the Big Roll Taco. That's awesome. rad. And so that was the day that we made the tech tacos. Well, I mean, From it's, then on, it's kind of like evolved into where it's at now. It's for people. I mean, we have people, which is cool, really listening all over the world, and it's Mexican food is such a phenomenon you know, here in San Diego where yeah. we live and, you know, avocados and carne asada. Like these are things that, you know, growing up in San Diego, I didn't realize how much I love Mexican food right. until I went to school in Colorado <laughs> and I'm in Boulder and right. I'm like, and it's not that they don't have taco shops. Right. It's just, it's not the same. Right. You know, and like, you don't realize that until you leave. I mean, my wife, her family, they're from Bulgaria and they came out, this is, they've been out twice now. Right. And like, the first time they had, we, we took them to ride to a fucking taco shop, got them a carne asada burrito, got them, you know, guacamole. And they were like, 
we're not touching that shit. <laughs> we're not fucking touching that. What is like, that not game? a chance. That cannot be good for you. <laughs> now they've been back and like right. now they just went back home and like all they're doing is looking for fucking avocados. Right. They're like, dude, we, we're craving it. We love the make... avocados. Of course, like, of course. But like those are things that in such a competitive market in San Diego, I mean, right. fuck, there has to it's be a over a thousand, two thousand taco shops in Mexican restaurants. Exactly. Well, we are the Mecca. Right. Yeah. You know, San Diego is the Mecca out of all cities or all places probably in the world. We are the Mecca. And so there's, there's three a lot fucking of- taco shops just between Derek, <laughs> Derek and us. And that's pretty much, the, that's right. all that there it's is. No joke. Yeah. So I knew what I was getting myself into. So that's why I wanted to create just a different menu. Because I didn't want to be like every taco shop sure. in every corner. We had to reinvent the wheel because every taco shop was the same. Right. You know, so yes, our, our, our menu is extreme, but it's also different. We have things that most taco shops don't have even to this day well, after being. We have quality. Being, I mean, that quality. was the, when we went yesterday, the first thing that I noticed was, fuck, this guy cares about his produce. He right. cares about the tortilla. Like, those things, Everything. you know immediately. Right. Well, I, especially for us, like, because that's where restaurant owners were trying to save money. They're going to spend less money on produce. Right. And guess what? It's going to be shitty and the lettuce. Customer's gonna, the, the customer's going to know it. They yeah. will know. So it's every ingredient from our Angus carne asada to Roma tomatoes that are more expensive than steak tomatoes. Oh, absolutely. For, you know, for sure. To, to the Haas avocados. Even with this whole avocado thing that we all went through. You saw it. Dude, yeah. we got fucking we, killed. We killed. Yeah. But to me, do I use a, a Fuerte where it's a watered-down avocado or do I use a Haas? It's right. three times more expensive. But if I don't spend it, I'll make it up later on. Yeah. yeah. But the things you can't have is a customer walking out going, dude, this is horrible. Yeah. Dude, what happened to Albert from last week to this week? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and all these little things from the tomatoes to the, to the carne asada to what type of chicken you use. And there's a lot of things that create one good thing. You have to care about the details. Because you if you don't, who is? Exactly. Right? You have to care about those details. Right. And I was telling these guys yesterday when we were going over there, I'm like, I'm not just saying this because Albert's a buddy of mine, right. but it's so fucking fresh. Right. Every every time I go there, it's just fucking fresh. And like I was telling you before the podcast, I mean, I'm on a, on, a, on a quest to try to lose some weight, and it's like I was so stoked to see those uh, lettuce wraps. Lettuce wraps. Right. But the fucking lettuce is always so good crispy. and crisp every right. fucking time. Right. It's like I wear those things out. <laughs> I want. Yeah. I mean, just think, right now, I'm no, that, I mean, tonight. That shit is really fucking smart Thank because, you. like. You're looking at something and you're doing menu development right. in a category that isn't being done. Right. You know, that you can go to fucking, you know, a Chinese restaurant and get lettuce wraps. Right. But like people are looking for something like that. And right. you've addressed that. Right. And like now you have somebody like Derek who he's going to come. Not only is he going to come, he's going to fucking tell me. He's going to tell all his buddies. And like right. now you've got a place that you're helping people cool. be healthy exactly. and get great fucking food. We have an food. option. Yeah, absolutely. Most people think Mexico really think, God. You know, here comes in January for New Year's resolution. Screw Mexican. Yeah, food. no more Mexican. Food. But now for us, we have an advantage that typically out of all restaurants, I mean, you can't really go to one restaurant and know around town. You know, I think I was telling you guys, you leave the gym, where do you go? Yeah, right. I mean, Jack in the Box, no. Yeah. You know, any fast food ain't gonna give you nothing healthy. No. Right. With us, we have we have a we have a niche with the lettuce wraps and protein burritos and protein bowls, and wheat tortillas and black beans. So you can get the refried beans. The rancho burrito. The rancho burrito. You My know, fucking so, wife loves that burrito. Yeah, so you got black beans, Mexican salsa, the shredded chicken, and a wheat tortilla. Right. I mean, you're, you're half the calories, half the carbs, and you got chicken breast. And so and so it's a healthy meal. It's a healthy right. meal. Yeah. You know, no, so. That's smart. You're, you're, you're finding where people are lacking, and you're, you're listening to your consumer, what they course. want. And that's sometimes what we have to make sure that we're doing is – is listening to ourselves like what would we do like you said when you first started like what would i do if i had a you know right taco shop right and 
these are the things. These are the things. When right. I get done working out, what the fuck do I get to go eat? Hey, right. You know, I can go have a, a, a lettuce wrap. I can go have that protein bowl. I can right. go do those things. Right. You're creating uh, answer for people's questions. Questions, and, exactly. And it's great. It's and great. then there's those days you want to cheat. Yeah. Right. Come in and get the. Right. <laughs> like we all get those yeah. days. I would say Sunday, you know, you know, you know, yep. current sour fries, the California burrito, the quesadilla. There's, I mean, there's a, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So. I mean, we tell people all the time if you, if you wanted a kale smoothie, you came to the wrong fucking restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Cali Comfort is not, we don't, we don't do kale smoothies. <laughs> we don't have lettuce wraps right there. Right there. You want a rack of ribs? We got you taken care of. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, had the, the one in Lakeside, and then just decided to go for it? You know something? It was just going so smooth. When did you set up the company? I set the company in 2003. So that was, oh, after the first one. Yeah, the first yeah. one. So then, and like I Who said- Who told you to set up a company? Um, Because well, I have a plastering company. Okay. So my, my book- S-Corp? S-Corp. So okay. it's, uh, they said, hey, you, you better get something going also with your plastering, with your restaurants as well. As well. So we went into the, you know, A&J Food Services, which is Albert mm-hmm. and Jessica, and- we opened up a corporation for the restaurants, and then um, which I recommend absolutely for everybody. You have to recommend it. You have to do it. Make sure you get the you even know, if you're the, catering. I mean, the I don't more, care. The more liability that you can defer. Exactly. You have now to we do, do a lot of catering. We do a lot of the taco carts. So if you guys have a party and mm-hmm. you know we do the the, the cook sh- shows up. So really, oh, really, yeah, yeah. that's wow. awesome. Those are awesome. I'll see you guys some pictures. We'll put right. it on the on the website. Perfect. Yeah, everything and, and, we talk about will be in the show notes too. So yeah. be sure to uh, check that out. Yeah, but for sure. How did that come about? Just demand. Right. People would always call me. Go, hey, do you have? A, do you guys do taco carts, right? I'm like, you know, we don't. We don't. And I kept hearing enough that we don't. Well, right. it became in demand. You know, so we went and bought everything. You know, we've done several tournaments. You know, golf tournaments, mm-hmm. and and then it started going from golf tournaments with people at the tournament saying, "Hey, can you come to my house and do these?" I'm like, of course we can. You know, so it was basically a spread that. You know, that does everything. The and then current. did you do catering for pickup at the store before, that as well. you, before you did the That is exactly. Yeah. That was how we first started. So we wanted first to create catering. How much food do we order for 40 people? And, and then and, the and packaging. And the packaging. For, yeah, because you all know, that first, shit is really once important. Once again, I don't know how much food to put in. Right. So at first, it was a it was a learning experience. Sure. And after time, you know much, how much food to supply. How, much how food do you keep it warm? So we got these hot boxes. Right. A lot of taco shops, you come in, you pick up a, a catering order, they give you the aluminum trays, and then you're on your own. Right? Yeah. Well, with us, we give you a hot box. The trays go in there. Mm-hmm. We take them. We don't charge you for the for the hot box. We expect it to get it the next day for another catering. Right. But it literally, everything comes out just as hot as when we cooked it. goes into a box. So you actually you, let them use the Cambro. The, 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 the Cambro. Really? Exactly. Yeah. And then you and, let them bring them back? Exactly. Do they sign anything? Up until this day. No one's stolen one. <laughs> I hope no one it's does. Those fucking things are expensive. Dude, so we went missing. We went missing. They're $175. Yeah. I'm going, God. So the now we- I got to go to Home Depot and mark them like one through 10 with a little reflector thing. Dude, right. <laughs> you know, and I go, dude, now I got to start putting it in Inventory. Yep. And it's just, you know, there's so yeah, We expensive. put our stickers on them. We put numbers on yeah, them. Yeah, because what happens is that. But that happens. As you grow as a business, like you have to fucking track your inventory. For us, like we had the same thing. Once we started doing more catering. Once we started doing stuff at Valley View Casino Center, it's like fuck. Those Cambros are expensive. Expensive, The wheels are 125 bucks just for a fucking set of wheels. Yeah. So someone someone looks it up online. They go, oh shit, maybe I'll forget about this one. (laughs) Right. Pocket. I'll put it on Craigslist and sell it back to him. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) You know. You never know. So um, yeah. So that was in 2007, and then back in in 2009, I said I'm ready for another one. And once again, I just ran into this guy. He wanted to sell it. Um, actually, no, my buddy back again to Wes, 
helping me out, found this taco shop that was selling for $30,000 in Rancho San Diego. Right. And I'm wow. like, dude, I go, and, and for me, I'm thinking at that time, it seemed like a lot. Now, it's like nothing. Yeah, you know, it's like so, free. Especially in Rancho San Diego, Fuck. 30, 30 grand. grand. So I walked Good in luck and getting talked equi- to the lady. equipment in there for 30 grand. Oh, right. Like, so basically, I walked in and I go, this is bitching. This is nicer than my lakeside store. Right. I, I got a, a lot of things I can do with this place. So, same thing. Claudia sold me the place. It used to be uh, Casa Sanchez. Right across the street from Bahala. Yep. And then we bought that. And set up an escrow. Set up an escrow, the whole thing. Boom. She owed a little bit of money to the landlord. We paid it out of escrow. She owed some money to the... So anyway, so... And then what awesome. did you do with the lease? How did you... Improve? I know. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> learned, a lot. Right? I, I learned a shitload. You know, five-year lease, two five-year options. Right. And as soon as one five-year option expires, we started, we started the whole thing all yeah. over again. Right. You know, so there is always two five-year options, even after I finish up one. I renegotiate to always have those two options in the back. Well, there you changed it too, right? Didn't you take over the next, you built the cantina or the, yeah, that's so, fucking rad. Yeah. So what happened there was, so fast forward after Rancho in 2009, then I went and opened up downtown from downtown. I jumped over and opened up La Mesa. Mm-hmm. Well, it was literally the day as I'm close, getting ready to open La Mesa up. So I'm just running around trying to get these things ready to open. And I go back to my Rancho store to get a few things I needed for my La Mesa store. And the insurance lady that uh, came out to me and, and told me, hey, if I ever give up my spot, I'll let you know if you ever want to expand. And so I go, I can't believe you're asking me this today. Like, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just done building La Mesa. You're asking to open and take over the other spot. And I said, let me think about it. She goes, well, let me know. I need to know by tomorrow. I'm like, Jesus. Of course. So I took a few things. I went over to La Mesa and I called my wife. I'm like, you know, the, the insurance lady wants to give up her spot. She goes, well, what do you want to do with it? I go, well, I don't want to put all more seating because I don't think the kitchen can handle it. But what I like to do is open up a man cave. You right. know, and that was my thing, a bar. Yeah. You know, I always wanted a bar and I go, why not do it? And then we'll do half seating and then the regular bar. And so I basically told her, I'll take it. So I called the landlord because I had a great relationship with her. And we basically, in a couple days, she said, okay, it's yours. So here I go. Now I'm, now I'm jumping headfirst into wow. drawing plans and getting permits to build this bar. And so then now that was another shit show for another three or four months until I'm I got sure. to the ABC buy, was probably excited Well, we, had a, we already had a beer and wine. It's only a beer and wine. Okay. I, you already I, had one at the location. Yeah, at the La Mesa Suisse expanded okay. it. Got it. To that location that was near. So, oh, and La Mesa. So La Mesa had the first bar. No, La Mesa had a beer and wine license. My Rancho San Diego store, since it was my second one, already had a beer and wine license. Oh, it did. We just expanded it. Once you change the the the, 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 the dimension yeah. of the of the, the store, you have to write it on a yep, floor plan. You got to write it down. So that took some time, and then the, you know the health per, health company and and getting your permits and the, the county inspectors yeah. and the whole oh, yeah. bit is kind of a nightmare. But <laughs> you know, after dealing with La Mesa, I think okay, well I can deal with it again. Right. You know, so. So then after all that, you know, then now, like I said, opening them, guys, are easy. Yeah. You know, remember that. This is key to anybody that wants to open up their restaurant. Opening them are a piece of cake. Yeah. If I could. Well, that's the dream. I mean, you work so fucking hard. You have so many ideas. You're going to sleep. You're you're coming in. You're you're seeing the progress. Right. And you're like, you're running this whole fucking marathon. Right. Like, once you get the doors open, now the race really starts. Right. You're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. I need to be in business Business. every single Single day. day. I need to figure out. From open to close. From open to close. How do I pay? How do I pay my vendors? How do I get people in here? You're always like. That's when the real fucking thing starts. Right. But you feel like you've you've done so much just to get the goddamn doors open. Open, right. right? And then you gotta worry about the employees. Yes. You know, Staffing, and, scheduling. You know, I love every single one of them. 
Yes. You know, I truly respect them, but God darn it. Sometimes that is probably half the battle. Yeah. You know, you know, calling sick, you know, they ran late, their car broke down, they can't come in, you know, their child can't go, which is all typical. Yeah. You know, and at this point, you know, after doing it since 2003, it's almost just the nature of the beast. Right? Sure. You know, but to open up a fifth one, <laughs> I got, my wife will leave me. So then she'll, so then she'll take half. Right? You know, I'll get one kid because the one kid's going to like me. So, you know, so is it worth opening five? No, dude. I would, yeah. you know, my insanity is So more, right now you're at four? I'm at four. Until and, your buddy and, calls you and tells you uh, there's a shot. Oh, no, no, no. Trust me. I've had, hey, I think, Wes, hey, stop fucking looking for yeah, he, I, I think he did. I think he actually did. You know, so you got to be careful what you wish for, too. You know, yeah. you want to make this fun. And if it's a passion... You want to make it a passion. You know, yeah, there's guys out there, you know, that want to open up 10 and, and they're probably doing pretty darn good. But unless you really, really have a good person that can help you, a general manager, where if you oh, want yeah. to do a, you know, but then you're going to lose touch. Right. You're, yeah. you're not going to be able to be there. You're not going to be able to make sure things are coming out right. So just be careful what you wish for sometimes, sure. you know, you got to find your stability. You got to find your happy place. You got to spend time with your family. You know, because it'll consume that's, you. That's so sure. It'll consume you, you know, and then you come home and you have, you know, all these issues that you, you know, came up with in one day and then you got to come home and go, hey, what's up, kids? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just do homework here. Let's just give the wife a big, big cuss, you know, big uh, kiss yeah. and, you know, and, uh, you know, but, it, you know, I'm blessed that I got an amazing wife and I got amazing kids and I got amazing friends and I got amazing employees. So a lot, a lot to be grateful for. Well, I mean, that's, you know, part of the entrepreneurial journey when you open up your business it's not going to be fucking easy no you know we're not here no. to sugarcoat how fucking easy no. it's going to be but it's going when it's you when it's right. you making the decisions and you're living and dying by the sword right fuck that there's nothing that's better i mean right. you know you'll I'll, I'll never trade all those sleepless nights and <sighs> you know fucking the depositions and being in, you know getting sued and going through all kinds of crazy shit that you know, I'm I'm better for it today. Of course, but fuck, I was it was real shitty when it yeah, was going down. Damn, shit. but like every single day when I wake up, I'm fucking so excited, excited. so excited and to blessed go to, work. to yeah, be in the position very, that we're very in. Blessed. Yeah, so because you guys all know that, you know, it, it took a lot to make that dream come true to get it to where it's at. It puts a smile on your face, and and yeah. it's kind of cool to talk about it, and 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 it's um, like I said at the end of the like, day, that's you know, that's the start. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. how many fucking restaurants since you opened have closed? Right. You know, it's like right. we, when we start looking at it, you know, restaurants, sports bars, other businesses. I mean, we opened in fucking 2008. You right. know, 2008 was not a good time to be opening a business in San Diego. Right. No, it, it was wasn't. a fucking shitty, shitty Sh time. Sh you know, right. It was like exactly. I had friends that were like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> like you're opening a restaurant and a bar like right. where in Spring Valley? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> like, I thought I told you you're already fucking nuts. Yeah, you're already you nuts. So, so yeah. for I mean, for but us, that's the entrepreneur. In us, you, you know, it's, it's a risk taking. It's a risk, you know, and sometimes being slow at first. Even though it's scary, it's also a learning time for you to figure out your business. Sure. Because as it's slow, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking because you're paying these bills. But at the same time, you can grow into your business and find out what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And because and it's very rare that you can open up a business right away, even if you never open one up and you're going to line out the door. I mean, to be honest with you, the best thing that happened to us is we weren't fucking busy. Right. You know, right. we right. weren't busy when we opened up. Right. And we had to figure out ways to, you know, be... A restaurant that serves steak and fish and fuck we had this menu that was all over the place all the map, right? you know and we just had to really figure out who are we right what are we doing what are we selling right. what are our hours of operation you know right. what's our brand what are we trying to do and 
all those things that didn't fucking happen overnight. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right, ten sure. years, we're a totally different restaurant of course. than we were when of we first you opened. Learn, you learn from simple, and maybe they weren't a mistake, but you learn from what you want to become. You know, sure. you want to have a, a branding. What are you? What are you really trying to become? So, you know, it's 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 a learning what, curve. What for sure. outside? Were there anything that you anything that you were reading? Any mentors that you had? Anything that you know helped you along that way? No, I, I think just owning my own business in the construction business. Yeah, you know, I think all businesses are the same. Yeah, you know, I don't care if you have a shoe business or a, or a barbecue business or a construction company. Or you still gotta you still gotta give good quality. Yeah, you know, you still gotta get good customer service, and and you gotta do good work. Yeah, so you, you know, so at the same time, I kind of had that on my back and my experience and from being and coming from nothing. And finally having you know a little bit of something and kind of like get branching off onto that that kind of that kind of gave me the momentum and if i had a bad month i still had my construction to help me out right mm-hmm. so that kind of uh, was on my side that i had something to lean on in case something that wasn't doing well yeah but you had you had your um, anchor i had my anchor yeah, in yeah. case i didn't want the taco shops anymore right <laughs> okay sell them <laughs> right. trying to get your money back you know but <clears throat> there wasn't one time that that ever crossed my mind. I'm sure there's things that you learned running your your restaurant that you incorporated into your construction business. Patience. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> patience. patience. You know, is that is sure. the biggest thing that I can probably say that's happened to me in the last 15 years is just patience and dealing with people because as you guys know, we get a million different personalities that walk in our door. Yep. People that That's what makes it so fucking great. <laughs> yeah. People that didn't eat lunch and they come in hungry. Yeah. Now yeah. they're grumpy mm-hmm. and they got it, you know, then when they walk out with a, with a smile on their face, that is an instant gratification. That's what hospitality is. Exactly. I mean, we're, instant we're, gratification. We're so, there for so many more reasons outside of right, a hungry stomach. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's been cool. Yeah. And then um I know you had a pretty eventful time at the uh route 91 yeah so we had yeah we had wgw uh on on our last podcast and i mean those are tragedies that happen that you know the sad thing is is typically you know there'll be this huge media cycle about what happened and then a lot of it gets lost but um you know for us in the barbecue world and you know for derek and i the people that are close to us we you know, we're, we're just so fortunate. We're so fortunate to have a voice and we're so fortunate to be here and to do right. the things that we love to do. And, you know, when there's people that, you know, they lost loved ones. Yeah, for you know, sure. They for lost sure, loved, yeah. they lost loved ones at a country concert that it's supposed you know, it's, to be it's an think, event. I mean, you think a country concert is the most innocent place you right. can go to. Yeah. So much fun. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's dancing to good music. Mm-hmm. You have that great vibe going on. And it was a three day, you know, a three day concert. And, I've never had a bad time in Vegas. Right. You know, I've been going since I was 21 and, and I'm 50 now. And 21? You sure? Oh, you weren't there before? You were 21. Know, <laughs> I was using Derek's ID. Yeah. Derek's fake ID. <laughs> Derek probably didn't even need a fake ID. He probably looked like he was 35 when he was 11. <laughs> needless, needless to say, I didn't get in too many bars with Derek's I'm ID. Guessing, I'm guessing Derek was the guy that was buying beer for the group. I was. I was. I was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that, that was... Uh, you know, we had probably a total of thirty friends that went that that weekend. Have you been out to that festival before? Or this Never. Was the first this is the first one. And the thing is, I invited even guys, a good friend of mine, Corey Bender and and Greg Loring, that have never been to to Vegas country oh, country wow. concert, let right. alone Corey, never been to a country concert ever ever. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
you know, I just told him, hey, this is going to be a kick in the pants, dude. We're going to have so much fun, you know. And it was. It was, it, you know, Friday at the pool was great. You know, Saturday, you know, actually Friday we didn't go to the pool. Saturday we went to the pool. So you you guys, where did you stay? I actually stayed at the Mandalay Bay, and it was uh, room 31-135, which was directly underneath the shooter. Shooter Jesus. was in room 32-135. And so, wow. you know, but like, like, you know, the FBI called me and said, hey, did you hear anything? I go, dude, the guy could have been banging all over the room I mean, and dropping in, luggage and i mean the last thing you would ever you're thought you're in las vegas i mean you know fuck vegas guys having a good time upstairs even stuff. if he would make a bunch of a bunch of noise i said more more power to him right just keep, banging out some yeah, chick, you know, you you know, know keep having a good time you know that, <laughs> that that would have been my only thought you know right. the, the thought that there is some coward upstairs doing planning or even thinking of doing something it's just it, it blows us yeah. away every time we even think about it you know so vegas was a typical weekend you know you know Saturday at the pool, Sunday at the pool, great time, you know, and great dinner, great friends, great laughs, you know, and then, um, you know, fast forward Saturday night, you know, we're at our, we're at our room at one thirty in the morning and we're cranking the stereo. We had a, you know, pretty cool suite, you know, that corner, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That corner unit. And, um, we get a, we get a security comes knocking on our door and, and basically says, Hey, you know, we have uh, guests that are complaining about your noise. Well, I kind of looked outside and I go, well, it's either got to be the guy above us or below us. I mean, I didn't say, I didn't say you know, because the suite was kind of big sure. for someone right. next. It's definitely and, not and, us. And, you know, and then I figured, you know, let, let me, you know, if it's the upstairs or downstairs, and we find out, we figured out it was probably in the master bedroom. Right. And they're right above us. Let's just turn the music down in the master bedroom. And and it somehow came out where it was, I asked, hey, was it, was it above us or below us? And he goes, hey, it was the guest above us. He, said, he didn't say guy. He said the guest above us. Then he asked to be turned down. I said, no problem. So we went in the master bedroom, turned it down. Didn't think anything of it. And most people say, well, security usually doesn't give out what room they're coming out from. Right. Well, he did. Right. They, 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 you know, they, they confirmed it through the FBI. CBS News confirmed mm-hmm. it. They went down and looked at the log sheet, and it popped up. That's wow. So that being said, you know, we still didn't think anything of it. You know, half 45 minutes later, we, Another <laughs> we knock. everyone gets a little bit louder. <laughs> the music starts turning back up again. Typical. Right. You know, and it all takes one guy, probably me, that turns back up again. Yeah. And we were listening to country music. Sure. You know, having a good time. 45 minutes later, I go by and goes, hey, Mr. Garzon, you know, you got to turn it down. I say, okay, I'm sorry. You know, don't say sorry to the guest, but we'll turn it down. Actually, we'll, we'll, actually, we'll leave. Yeah. Right. You know, he goes, the third time, guys, so that you know, you know, everyone, all your guests are going to have to leave and you and your wife can stay. Right. So, need to say out of respect, you know, we turn off the music, not thinking twice about it. And then Sunday, Sunday morning was a typical day again down at the pool, and and then we went to the concert, and um, and I was beat, you know. Like I said, it's a long weekend. Three days uh, in Vegas, you know. Usually, I'm usually really sucking my thumb flying home yeah. Sunday morning, <laughs> right. you know, and to keep me out there till Sunday after Sunday evening. Yeah. With uh, this with this group of people, you know, yeah. forget about it. So You're not going to the taco shop on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't. I was sucking my thumb with a blanket yeah, tucked under my chin. Trust that. me. So Sunday, you know, Sunday evening comes around, and you know, I was just tired. You know, I was tired and, you know, and I actually got an IV bag Saturday down at the MGM. There's a cool place, guys. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna give, I'm gonna give a little shout out. Revive downstairs, MGM, they'll give you the bag. Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God, 159 bags. bucks, best fucking money. Best, wow. best money. You go, I mean, you go <laughs> there, you go smart. there dragging your knuckles and you walk out with a beer in your hand. That's that how good you feel. Wow. I mean, that it's amazing. Smart. Then you got different packs. So it's gone from an oxygen bar to an IV? It's key. Oh, fuck. It's key. They put you in a little room <laughs> with, with a massage room in there. You know, you're sitting there, you get an IV bag, and about 30 minutes later, you're out of there, and you're feeling like a million bucks. Wow. Well, well you know, needless to say, you know, the news made it seem like, 
you know, I, I had this intuition that something was going to happen, and I left my wife and my friends, and I was walking back across the street. No, you were the, fucking beat. I was beat, fucking tired. Yeah. You know, you know, up, you know, right. partying, you know, and just fucking hungover. Hunger. I just want to lay down for so, a So, yeah, and so, so the news made it seem like I was going back to my room. Well, I wasn't going back to my room. I was, right. but then I stopped. I said, you know, I'm going to get another bag of that IV and then go back to bed, and then that way, at least when I wake up to the go, you know, the airport the next morning, I'm feeling better. Right? Yeah. So I went down and spent 30 minutes in the 30, 40 minutes in the IV, you know, got an uh, IV. And then I left there, went over to Nobu, but left my wife and friends behind. Mm-hmm. Went to Nobu. Now on the way back to Mandalay, I'm in the cab and my wife calls, you know, just screaming, bawling her head off. So you weren't in, you were not in the room. Not in, not, not in the concert. No, not, nor was I in the room. So you weren't in the room. I the was in the room. That's, that's what the media yeah, said. Yeah. I mean, that's like I from the stories that I, and, yeah. like you were actually in the fucking room and the guy's shooting no, above you. No, no, that's where they, you know, they, they always you know, oh, manipulate, manipulate it to make, make it sound it, a little bit better. You know, well, either way, your wife called you and there's shots the, going there's, on. Yeah. The shots are being fired now. And so, and all of our friends scattered, you know, so luckily one of my Ben's friends, Brian, grabs my wife and his wife and they're running and he grabs on the phone and he goes, Albert, I got the girls, but we're being shot at. And then as I'm driving in the cab, Fuck it me. pops up on the screen, you know, all cabs stay away from Mandalay Bay, three active shooters stay away Jesus. from Mandalay Bay and Las Vegas. And here I'm in the car seeing all this, dude, you got to remember at this time, I don't think it's that bad. Right. I think there's a guy with a, with a 22 pistol yeah. at the you know right. you don't know you don't you can't you don't know for sure fathom, you, don't know the you don't fathom that this is really going on and you got some guy that's just pissed off in the concert getting shot you know shooting shots out so when he says hey we're we're running i got the girls you know he's you know and then he hears shots again and he puts the girls down and lays on them and gets them back up and they keep running and and you know once again you know all my friends and all 30 of us went you know luckily for everybody everyone dodged a bullet Wow. And then for me at that point, now my guilt kicks in. Right. I should be there with my wife. You know, you know, she needs me. I need her, you know, yeah. you know, but how this whole thing plays out, was it a blessing in this guy? Maybe. Would I have grabbed her and ran the wrong way? Would I have been hit? Because she'd have been hit. Yeah. You know, as much as I would have wanted to be there, I can't take that back. And, and at the end of the day, you know, everyone made the right move. Everyone dodged a bullet, but there's a lot of people that, that weren't that, that fortunate, that, weren't that, that, fortunate that saw things that I don't think anybody should see, right. especially on such an innocent night. Yeah. So needless to say, I, you know, I pull up, the guy gets me to the Luxor. I get out, I go running towards the concert and you just see kind of a wave of people, people just running out with, with looks that I've never seen. You can yeah. see one, I've seen one person crying, you know, at one time with their boyfriend or something, but right. when you got this many people, running at you you can feel it you can feel that something just ain't something i know something's bad but right. once again you still don't fathom yeah that it's that bad even even at that point we heard there was only two people dead which is two is too many mm-hmm. you know and several people hurt you know so by the time i ran to cross the street to the mandalay so i'm thinking we're all going to try to make our way back to mandalay because most of my group was staying in there right so by you the time, have no idea the shooter was in mandalay in my, let alone, in mandalay, fucking, let alone in, yeah. right fucking above my room exactly never in a million years i didn't even know that till the next morning so they got us at the Mandalay Bay. They were evacuating the Mandalay Bay. And, and I mean, at this point, I mean, there's cops pulling up everywhere, left and right. They were coming out of everywhere. What, what time is this? This is probably around 10, 15, okay. probably about more like 10, 1030 now. Yeah. yeah. And so by 1030, 1045, I had never seen so many ambulances and so many police and SWAT cars pulling up and, and unmarked cars coming out yeah, of the woodwork from everywhere. everywhere. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you saw Pinto FBI, cars with yeah. freaking lights coming on. You're like, oh, God, what's that thing? Yeah. You know, never in a million years. So you have all these undercover cops popping up. 
So in the meantime, my battery's about to go dead, which is making things worse. Uh, sure. And then I got a Samsung, Samsung 8. Nobody has a charger. It's like extinct. It's yeah. not even out yet. Right. So, but, you know, my wife kept calling me. She's, they're running towards MGM. We have a friend that's staying at the MGM. Um, and luckily, she got into a safe place. And they had like 12 people staying in that room. We got escorted from Mandalay into a bus. And we got shipped over to UNLV. Uh, and then from there, I got to stay at the night at the at the Hard Rock, where a buddy of mine called mm-hmm. me before my fr- phone went dead, saying, "Hey, I, I know I got a room at Mandalay. I got a room now at the at the Hard Rock. Uh, why don't you come stay with us?" So I stayed over there. My wife stayed at the MGM, you know. And, and once again, you got all these emotions. We we none of us slept a wink. Oh, sure. You know, at least you I didn't. Yeah. They might have right. slept a little bit, but I was just having so many emotions going through me at the time and wondering if were you watching the news or were you watching? That's the thing. Your phone I don't. Was- I don't I, we didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. The next morning. When we turn on the news, we realize that there, I think it was 25 to 30 dead with 300 people. And then we started seeing the video. That's, oh. I think, when it hit all of us. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember when you're running that fast and you're just seeing bodies fall, you know, and like I said my, to my wife, I go, this is things that you're not supposed to be seeing. Absolutely I mean, not. You're just a never, and you're basically in war. Yeah. You know, with, no, you know, and, you know, and at that point, like I said, as I'm pulling up, they're saying that basically Vegas is being under attack. Yeah. They're saying there's there's bomb threats at Luxor. Sure. There's shooting across the street. So we all, my instant thought going, dude, we're being attacked from, and it made sense to him. They're thinking, this is making sense. This is happening all over Vegas. And so they're shutting the place down. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, we're very blessed that, like, that none of none of our friends, other than more emotional scars and from falling and hiding and have to, you know, deal with it. You know, they, you know, I feel bad for all of them. Yeah. So, so the next morning, we finally get allowed to get back in our room. I think it was around ten o'clock in the morning, and finally saw my wife. How did they tell you? We kept calling. Yeah. You know, we kept calling, and then on the news, they were saying, you know, everything was Mandalay Bay, Mandalay Bay, the shooter. You know, in the morning, now we found out that even though they said the thirty-second floor, we didn't know that they didn't yeah. say what room. Oh yeah. So we didn't even know. I mean, there's no fucking way. You know, he could have been above you. I mean, exactly. Like there's no, no way. The thoughts way. of that are like slim to none. Yeah. You know, so we finally see my wife and, you know, we give our big hugs and kisses and, and you, know, I, you know, thank my friends and thank Brian for just helping my wife out and just being there for her. And, right. and you just like, so you're very grateful that you're giving yourself a hug because I know at that moment there's a lot of people in Vegas that are unfortunate as that we were, that they're coming back to, to no wife, yeah. no son or no daughter or no best friend. Or they're in the hospital. And now they're, they're in the hospital. Yeah. Now they're packing their bags. And, and it's just, I can't imagine, you know, what the, those people went through. So. When we got back to the room, you got to remember, we can see exactly what the shooter was seeing. We got pictures of uh, the day before. You can see everybody having a blast. The country, you know, the concert starts at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. and runs till 1030. So we got pictures of the concert and everyone out there having a good time. And then to come back to the room the next day and just see the just, it was just so it was just so it was a weird. Crime scene. It's, it was a crime it was scene. A fire, there was still, it, unfortunately. Like not even a crime. It was a war scene. It was I mean, a it war was scene. Like there were still dead bodies on the terrible. field that they were investigating because now uh, it's a crime scene and they had to stay there for a, quite a few hours to make sure that the bullets lined up and the right. casings. And so, you know, and just to see that in lawn chairs and you can just see, you just, you can only imagine. I mean, how many different personnel were there? I mean, paramedics, Everything. firefighters, ATF, police, FBI, media, media. It was, I mean, it was pretty, pretty gnarly. And then as we're seeing that, my wife and I are just staring at this and just cannot believe we see something above our head flapping. And we go, what the heck was that? Yeah. So we look up and we see the curtain Fuck. flapping in the wind where he had broken out. 
And um, it, it was pretty gnarly. The crazy thing was people thought the shooting was coming from our room. You know, everyone says coming from the 31, 31, uh, 31, 135. And then when they got there, they realized it yeah. was from one floor up. And when they went up the stairwell is when they found out it was actually from 32, 135. Fuck. That's insane. When did you kind of put it together that he was the one that. Uh, right then. Yeah. Right then and then I just went, oh, my God, this all makes sense now. Right. You know, I'm not sure if he wanted it. You know, there's all these different things you think about. Did he call the security twice to maybe find out how long was it going to take security to get up there? Did he try to figure it out? Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I did he? Did he? Did he? Did he do it just because he wanted to try to get a good night's sleep? I don't know any any lunatic that tries to get a night, good night's sleep before oh, yeah, he's about to me. create, you know, that the biggest mass murder and you know mass shooting here in, in U.S. U.S. history. So, I don't know, man. There, and then you hear all the conspiracies. I don't know what to believe. You know, I think everyone is so. There's so many things that they they say that make sense, and then you go, no way. Can yeah. It? Yeah. There's a lot of those, and you know you have to sometimes take a step back and just it's not about that it's not it's yeah. not and when people start to really well and they get so fucking crazy about it they're like well you, you know it couldn't have been this and this and that i'm like look there's a lot of people that died right Let's focus on yeah. helping their families, families. Yeah. you know consoling them doing everything that we can do right let's not worry about the fucking conspiracy let's right now let the this isn't that, the time it is not the time let's you know this is what they do this right. is what the FBI is going to do. They're, right. and, and guess what? You're not going to fucking know about it nope. for a long time. Long time. You know, they're, they're going to be doing, yeah, if ever. They're right. going to be doing so much. I mean, and don't kid yourself. Yeah. Fucking Mandalay Bay has got a lot of cameras. You know what I mean? That's what like, I say. So even though yeah. nothing's coming out yet, something's going to come out. Right. Like, let's let them do their job. Right. And not fucking jump to these conclusions. Of course. People are saying, well, I know that this, like, you don't know shit. shit. You don't know yeah, shit. Yeah, shit. You weren't really there. What we know is that there's people dead. And what we right. have to do is, is, do everything we can do to help their families right to uh not let their their names die in vain and, and just, just try to do everything we can to help and not worry about the the micro right. you know thing about what 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 happened that night right and, and um i i get pretty frustrated about some of those yeah some things like yeah. it's just not it's not, not the right point right not, not important exactly right but we all want to know i mean can this one guy yeah. have done this it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, but he it did. Is. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, and so at the end of the day, you know, like I said, you're right. Derek. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are still suffering. Yeah. That still can't go to work. Right. That are having constant dreams. My wife's one of them. You yeah. know, she's she's not doing. You know, she's she's getting better every day, but she has her days. You know that you know things aren't always 100. percent And and all I can do is just be the you know a husband and and you know, like I said, we once again we have great kids that you know and we all love her and and like I said. No one wanted this to happen, you know, at this point. You know, you just got to, you know, pray for the best. And, and, and like I said, and, and be blessed. Yeah. I tell her that it could have been way worse. There's a lot of people that are, I can't imagine, a yeah. hundred times off, thousand times off, a million times off that are, that are I can't fathom to be in the, in the shoes that they're in. So. And sometimes it allows you to, to realize how insignificant we are and right. just to hold your wife a little tighter and, and just, you know, really – be present, be present, be present in, today, in, in, right exactly, and, and worry about what we can do right now and just to be better people. And, right. and it puts things in that perspective, perspective where it's just like, man, we, we got to be better people. We have to. And people get so fucking caught up about this left and right and bullshit. It's yeah, like, yeah. worry about yourself. Self. Look at yourself in the fucking mirror yeah. and just know that you're a good person. person. If you're a good person, exactly. we're, we're on the right exactly. track. Exactly. Get just up. Continue yeah. being a good person. Yeah. Conti continue doing positive things. Right. Don't worry about what everyone else is fucking doing. Right. You be a, you be a good person. Right. Don't be on the fucking keyboards talking shit about right. this, this, and that. Stop that but, shit. Right. 
look at yourself in the mirror and know that today you're going to be a good person. person. And if everyone can do that, this we'll, country we'll, we'll would be a lot out. better. I we'll think the country, if people just went off and did their thing and go to work and didn't expect anything from the government and do all this. This is going to work. Get your yeah. No one gave me anything. No one gave you anything. No, and no, one, no. no one gave us anything. No president gave me what I got to do. I know that. I don't care who's in office. Right. I got to get up and work my ass off yeah. and, right. and get up and pay my bills yeah. because I'm not expecting it from anybody else. Well, everyone gets so caught up. And I've talked to Sean about this before. It's like, Look, it really doesn't fucking matter that much. As right, much right. as you think it's like this big thing, and look, I know Trump's being fucking crazy and doing his right, thing, but right. it really doesn't affect you financially too, too Today, much. Right. Just get up and right. fucking work. work. Be exactly. a good person. Like person. I just keep saying, <laughs> just worry about yourself. Exactly. Love the person. It, don't, it doesn't matter if they're fucking black, white, whatever. Like, right. Love people. Right. Be positive. Right. Go to work. Strap your fucking boots on and work hard. And guess what? Exactly. Things, good things will happen. Doors are open. Because that, pay your luck, bill. <laughs> that luck that you're, you're creating, you create your own fucking luck. Relax, exactly. Create your own luck. Exactly. Work hard, exactly. love people, be positive. Well, I think exactly. one of the things you know we talk about a lot is this podcast has forced us to really embrace what barbecue teaches and what the things that Gene has taught us and Arlie and Randy Gill. And that's how can we be helpful today? And it's not about Sean and it's not about Derek and it's not about Cali Comfort or Valley Farm. It's about what can we do to help? Right. And like you'd be surprised once you start focusing and not just with your customers and not just with your staff, but just listening to your friends, you know, and like your friend help you jump off the cliff (laughs) and open up your business. But your business now is able to provide jobs, provide, you know, a community place for people to come bring their kids. You know, you're supporting you know, youth sports, youth athletics. A place where I can get means. my diet food. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. help, Derek, <laughs> help, help Derek lose weight. I'm going to get you where you want to be. But, I mean, those are the things that it, it's it's so easy for us to do, it, yet it's so hard for us to do at the same time because right. we're so wrapped up in our own shit. And if we can just sit there and find out, you know, when you're talking to the next person you talk to, just ask them how you can be helpful. Right. And hopefully they open up because you never know. You might have something, you might have a piece of advice that might save them from getting into a three year deal, deal. where they get fucking oh, kicked man. out. You well, know, I mean, that's key. About, it's the, what do good leaders do? They serve people and they fucking inspire people. Exactly. Those are two big things that people don't understand. Like a leader is not this person that just fucking tells everyone what to do. Right. It's how can I serve you? How can I make you a better person? person what can right. I do? And how can I inspire you to do that? It's right. not about me. Right. It's about you. It's right. about that's what true leaders do. Of course. You know, we have to just make sure that we we hold ourselves accountable to that. Right. You know, and exactly. Continue to do that. And being a good you know being a good boss you know something you know it, it I think it it helps. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that comes to work and pretends I'm the boss. I, I want to make people laugh, yeah. but but we have to be our boss when we have to be a boss. Right. It seems something ain't right. Yeah. We have to do it, you know, and teach your employees. But at the same time, I think the, if anybody owns a business, it's not about being the boss. It's about being a team leader. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to teach your employees how to do things your way and, or they might have a, a, a better way. Right. You know, I'm not saying I know everything about the restaurant business, but you know, and I'm always about delegating too. Find people that are better you, better than you, you and smarter. Have to. Fuck, yeah. we talk mean, about that all the time. Yeah, like, I mean, if fuck. I'm the best, per- smartest person in my fucking staff, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> exactly. I have someone that's better than me, the AR and APs. Right. I'm not that fucking person. Exactly. Abby, I, I mean, Abby is my girl. I love right. her to death. Right. She fucking rocks. Right. And I need her. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she, she's she's better than me. At that. Right. Exactly. You know, I got a, a secretary named Teresa. God, I mean, 
she's funnier than shit, you know, and she knows how to handle shit that I can't. Right. Yeah. You know, I just keep thinking about, and then my cooks, you know, and and my cashiers, I mean, <coughs> and you start delegating certain things, and if they do it wrong, then you teach them to do it better. Right. But you delegate the things that you don't want, and in time, you'll figure out you're gonna your your business will get better and stronger because of people they have underneath you. Yeah. Because if you try to do it all yourself, it's, it's just it gets kind of over overwhelming. Well, it's also important to always be learning and always enable people to continue to go along that path, whatever that path might be. Because right. especially in the hospitality business, people come in from all different walks of life, and you know whether they're doing it as a second job, uh, whether they're doing it as a third job, which some of the some, people some of the best people do. Right. Um, you just have to be able to inspire them to want to continue their education, no matter right. what that education is. And right. you know, for Derek and I, we we are always trying to learn how to be better, you know, right. better leaders, better. I mean, we look at it as coaches. Right. I mean, we're literally every single day. Not only are we coaching our staff and our teams, but you know, we need to coach each other and inspire each other. You know, him getting healthy makes me understand that, hey, you know, like that's just my competitive nature, but it's also, hey, for, you know, my family, for my wife and my son, like I need to be a better man. Right. And how do sure. I be a better man? It's I surround myself with people that are going to call me out on my bullshit. Right. You know, and tell me, hey, you know, you said you're going to fucking work out. You didn't work out. You, know? <laughs> you said you're going to play basketball. You didn't fucking play basketball. What's right. wrong with you? Right. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, about last night. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, on social on social media, who runs your guys' social? I got a guy named Albert Garcia. Okay, he's up north. Um, great kid, does a bunch of work like with Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, and so I met him with Jeremy, and he kind of like knew a lot. I just you know saw how he was doing his social media, and I uh, kind of wanted to surround myself because I'm horrible at it. Right, you know, and the kid was so young; he's probably 21 years old, but he mm -hmm. just knows the pictures and. He's so the computer, computer savvy and right. they, they know what the kind of content sure. is. So that helps me out a lot. Absolutely. Those are the things that I don't have time for. Well, I mean, it's also going to continue to give you a competitive advantage that other taco shops and other restaurants aren't like the doing. the behind-the-scenes shit like that, this? That's, that's him doing Fucking yeah. people love that yeah, shit. Yeah, that's, that's him, Albert, right there, recording it. And we're on our Facebook right now. And uh, and Albert, you know, comes in and, and edits it. And We're huge on Facebook video. Yeah. Facebook and video, are Instagram making, video. Making them the, the carne asada fries right there. And, and kind of gives the customer... Uh, an aspect of how we actually really do it. You know what I was really excited when I saw yesterday? You guys fucking shucking your own avocados. Like you're getting true avocados. Yeah. When people want to buy this pulp shit in a right. fucking bag. No. Never. No. Like, I can't. Because they got to put an acid in it. Yeah. yeah. To, 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 it's not the same. And you got to remember how long is that thing been in the bag? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and who's right. and who was staring at that bag when it was when it was open? So right. you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. And it's coming from God knows where. So. You know, it's just kind of cool how they, how they, how they, how they. Uh, so right now, what are the plans for the future? What are you right, right on? now, four, four, four. Jessica's so yeah, four. Four. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, fuck. I that. play lottery. Four. My first number is four. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know, it's just I'm, I'm happy at four. Right. I'm in a good place. You know, I can spend quality time still with my family. Um, how about the catering side of it? Catering's awesome. The catering's like super easy. I got this uh, employee of mine who runs my downtown store, and um, he does an amazing job. You know, I taught him what I wanted to do. I wanted him. You know, he just made a really small catering for me, and and I a wanted catering form. Uh, no, for me. Okay. He actually made it. You know, I got you. So I pretend. I go yeah, pretend. Yeah, yeah. Pretend you're doing a catering, but for ten people, and it could be a hundred people. Let's just do it for right. ten. Let's see what your layout's going to look, and I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. He did his thing. We went out and bought a few more things. And we wanted to do it a little bit different than other places. So, 
you know, once again, you're dealing with a great cook. He's very friendly. He does an awesome job. We've probably done a couple hundred of them, and we've never let anyone down. And it's kind of cool. He shows up. He lays everything up. He cooks the meats there and everything from the lemonade to the plates to the cups, the forks, the carne asada, the pollo, quesadillas, cilantro, onions, you know, guacamoles, Mexican salsas, uh, chips, corn tortillas, and, and he, he basically serves it all up. And how, are they, how is the customer putting in an a order with They'll you They'll basically call me. I do, believe it or not, I do all the, all the catering. Why? I could, it'll be one of the things I could delegate. But if one of my employees messes up one catering order, you've got 100 people. Yeah. They're going to be upset with you. It's and the hardest. that's one thing. I mean, that's my biggest fear of yeah. me forgetting a catering order. Because it's huge. if it's for your birthday party going, you know, Albert wants to cater for 100 people and I don't show up. It is like or I mess up. a wedding rehearsal dinner. But if I mess up one event. burrito yeah. at, your, at my shop, it's still bad. Yeah. But I'm a lot more freaked out if I don't show up for 100 people. Yeah. And yeah. it's not something you can set up in a few sure. minutes and get it set up. So I deal with it. Why? Because I'll assume that responsibility. I'm the exact that. same way as you. I do all my caterings, and I sit them in this office right here. Right. And I don't say, here's a menu. I say, tell me your vision. Because right. I'm fortunate where here I can do anything. I can do, uh, you know, if you want to talk about it, I can do that. If you want to ribeyes? Uh, Aloha beef, Hawaiian, whatever you want, I can make it happen. So we sit down, know exactly what they want, and then I get my people in, talk about it, this is exactly how we have to do it, and then go do it. And that way, like you said, not that I'm okay with messing up one order, but I can't mess up a hundred. No, no, I no. I can't no. do the hundred, man. No, so no, I no. Really want to well, even sure. if it's even if it's twenty or yeah. thirty, because then you know they're leaving talking about it to their other thirty friends, and then yeah. you know it's just kind of a domino. Effect. I'm fucking stoked. I didn't know you guys did that. No, we love we're, it. We're gonna. Uh, I'll forward you some pictures, yeah. and, uh, and I'll get Albert to put it on the actual uh, in, on the Instagram and on our. Um, <coughs> it's actually on Instagram, um, and uh, we'll put it on our uh, Facebook account. So when are you going to get to the point where you're not taking the order? That's what I. That's why I pushed that. That would be that would be the day in case I want to mess up. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while until I can give up that part. I'm okay doing that as long as my catering manager, who I have right now, Chris, who does a great job, is in these meetings with me long enough. So if we go through a few years of him doing it, he knows exactly what I expect. Then he then I then I'll feel comfortable. Like okay. You can do yeah. this one. You know, it's getting better. Yeah. You know, I do. I do. I have delegated a little bit to. Do you them. have a menu? No. It's so they can order whatever they want, and they can call me, and we can custom make it. But at ninety nine percent of the time, it's basically the same thing. They want the carne asada, street tacos, the pollo, you know, the rice, the beans, you know, and the, and the whole layout. So, right. mm-hmm. and, and that's what typical people go want. If they want a different for like weddings and stuff, and fish or enchiladas and stuff, we can do all that as well. But you know, it's the customers, uh, whatever they want. It's not what I want. Yeah. It's what, what we sell the most. And they, like I said, 99% of the time they go with what what's more commonly ordered. Yeah. So, Well, cool, man. That's, uh, that's fucking exciting. It's exciting to see how well you've expanded and, and how well the, the company is going. I mean, yeah, I, thank I, you. just going from the one in Rancho San Diego, you know, I just know the quality and, and to see the difference. You know, you don't want to shit on any other taco shops, but no. it's just the the... The quality of what you guys do is right. um, just phenomenal, and I, I, I mean, that's, love this. Yeah, that's one it. of the things we talk about. You know, it's not us as a barbecue restaurant or as a butcher shop. It's you know, if we're doing something that's quality and it's bringing up the quality of barbecue 
in San Diego. So right. we can go and take pride in the fact that Coop's West Texas Barbecue is doing just a fantastic job. You know, we all make ourselves better. You know, right. so if you're doing a great job with your food and the yeah. other taco shops, they see that, then maybe they're going to up their game. And, you know, that makes the industry actually better. Of course. You know, and those things are, it's really important for the consumer at the yeah. end of the day because then they're going to get better fucking food. Right, right. So how do we get a hold of you? What, what's uh, uh, Best way to get a hold of me is on my uh, website. It's okay. albertsmexicanfood.com. There's a link you can click on contact me. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Cool. Um, and then you can leave me a, um, an email and I personally will get back to you. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, and guys, everyone listening, uh, send them some. Send us some feedback. Send us. Uh, yeah, please uh, subscribe yeah, on subscribe iTunes. That means a lot. Um, just hit that subscribe button and uh, write us a review. Uh, anything that we can do to help help uh, help you in your barbecue journey, your business journey, um, whatever that might be. I mean, we've got. You know, we're fortunate to have people like Albert come into our lives and share their stories and their struggles and um you know if there's a question you have about taco shops or please. advice please uh please reach out because um we're we i mean we've done it and we we've we have those scars and we, we'd much rather uh help you along your journey than have you have to personally go through it right no <laughs> trust me i have a lot of friends that call and say hey, do you want to do a taco shop i say hey let's sit down yeah. let's talk about it yeah absolutely so it's, it's there's no difference out there if somebody out there wants to talk about it you, you just send me an email. We'll talk. We'll talk for half an hour. We can meet at one of the shops, and and you know you can pick my brain apart, or I can pick yours. And 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 like I said, I don't mind the competition. Just don't open across the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> open up down the street. Wow. Well, cool. If anyone's in town November fifth, make sure you make it out to uh, the Spring Valley Barbecue Festival. We will be there rocking. And, we will be uh, there rocking. Is right, dude. It's gonna we're be not, rad. We're not gonna sleep again. It's gonna be rad. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be rad. Excited. We're excited. gonna have fun. There's gonna be some great barbecue out there. Great Lots. barbecue, great desserts. Tons of teams. We've got Good some uh, great bands. We've got Tony's coming out on the mic. Flying them out. Flying them out. Flying Tony out to do this MC stuff. So uh, make sure you guys make it. Albert, thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate you sharing. My pleasure. Everything. Thanks for having that me, guys. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.